When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis, got my brother Quentin with me as always, and this is our very last episode of 2019. So, Q, we talked about this a little bit at the end of the last episode, but the plan is to essentially just play a bunch of music for the next few episodes. We're not focusing on any one particular album or artist. Um, on this episode, we're, we're looking back at 2019 and talking about the songs or bands that you and I discovered in the last year, which is kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird format, to be honest with you. Nobody does this kind of thing. The, hey, this this was your idea, dude. You know what? I stand by it, and here's why. Yeah, I think it's cool. And and the fact that, that we're just going to be playing a bunch of tunes for the next several weeks, you know what that is to me, dude? What is it? That's, mu- that's music to my ears. <laughs> God, dude. Are you going to be bringing <laughs> cheesy puns to every episode now going no. forward? No, dude, but, you know, that I just, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. So, um... Yeah, like I said, this is going to be our top 10 discoveries of 2019. And man, the more I say it out loud, the more it's hard to explain because it's not new bands. It's not, you know, albums that came out in this year. It's basically just celebrating the fact that life, if you're a music fan, is all about discovering new music to you as as a music lover. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude. I, dude, I'm bringing a song to the table tonight that came out in 1969. Right, exactly. So, um, basically, when we sat down and, and to and started compiling our our list of, you know, hey, what's the top ten songs that you dis- that you top ten new songs that you fell in love with this year? I personally realized how many bands that I had just discovered that you know came out five years ago, ten years ago. Right. So I want to share that stuff with 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 the audience here and with you, Q. So uh, anyway, so the next next week's episode will be our top ten of 2019, and then the week after that, we're going to do um, our top ten of the last decade. So yes, lots of great uh, content coming up. Lots of great music. All right. So let's just get started, man. Let's just jump right into it here. Um, so I'll go first here, and. I think we've joked about this before, but there's this trend right now with like electronic musicians with like, you know, club dance, electronic, like IDM, not IDM, like EDM, where the name of the artist is in all capital letters, or they take out a letter or 
You know, they put spaces in between the letters, right? Or what about like that band always, but the yeah. W is two Vs? Two V, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, here's another example of that. Um, this guy, his name is Alex, and that's what he goes by, Alex. Um, but it's there's a space between each letter, and the letters are capitalized, or at least they are on Spotify. On his SoundCloud, they're lowercase. lowercase. Anyway, um, there's this, this it's almost like a, a continuation of Chill Wave, but it's, it's like a lo-fi chill wave instrumental usually and a lot of times it's tied to like the vapor wave like branch of chill wave do you know what vapor wave is q yes i'm very familiar with it okay so vapor wave uh, i guess the best way to describe it is like it's more closely tied to the 90s and 80s like aesthetically right like there's a lot of you know just think blade runner graphics you know what i mean like that super like it seemed like they never took themselves too seriously and then they kind of surrounded the whole genre in like certain like stereotypical windows 95 um yeah windows 95 yeah like and you know that and like and japanese characters Greek, greek japanese characters and greek busts yeah i don't you know and the like neon or like Lots of pinks and blues. Pinks and blues. Right. Yeah. Anyways, a lot of what Vaporwave became was, was more aesthetic than music, you know? Right. But yeah, it is very much like kind of cheesy 80s synth kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, so this guy kind of falls into that camp. Um, he's more lo-fi hip-hop down-tempo type beats. But it's it's very laid back and very like it's just so um, God, what's the word to use? Dude, it's hard to describe vaporwave, man. Yeah, I mean it's just background music basically. But he's got these three albums um, that he's put out over the last few years called Growing Up. So it's Growing Up Volume One, Two, and Three. Growing Up Volume Two came out in 2018. I kind of stumbled upon it early this year. And it's just it's just really good background music. If you're somebody like me who is at a computer all day, it's that kind of music you can put on and and, and you know work to. But at at the same time, I will admit, like sometimes it is it is so like laid back that it'll, it could almost put you to sleep, you know. But anyway, let's let's take a listen here. This is uh, the artist named Alex, and this song is called "It's Been a Really Long Time."
I love that this is the first song that you picked because it's it's gonna flow really nicely into to my first pick. Nice. Um, I did, I've always loved this kind of electronic music, and I will say, like, if you really want to get into vaporwave, this is pretty tame. Like, oh, remember yeah. I was saying, like, they kind of they kind of poke fun of, of themselves in a way, like pushing the limits of of what they think people would actually enjoy listening. to. Well, the to. thing about vaporwave too is that like. Aside from the stuff that you're talking about where they're they're being like over the top just to be over the top, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you know, a, a lot of Vaporwave has like that corny, smooth jazz from like the 90s or 80s as like the backing track, but it's done with these kind of cool beats and stuff over it, and sometimes it's yeah, kind of cool. Right, and those beats are usually, like the best way to describe them is like the stock beats that you would get on your casio keyboard from you know 95 yeah or something. right like they purposely use synthesized beats that sound dated you know right one thing i liked about it and one thing that that i think is obvious is that uh this guy alex this producer he probably grew up in the 90s like like we did right because all three of his growing up albums that he's put out has a photograph i assume of him because it's the same kid in each picture and it just looks like a photo that was taken of a kid from the 90s you know and he throws in like there's a song i don't remember which one it is but he throws in a a clip an audio clip from a mario game you know from an n64 mario game so like you know he's 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 tapping into the nostalgic of of the decade that we grew up in the 90s and that's a lot of what this vaporwave stuff is, and this like, you know, it's it's almost it's hypnagogic too. Like we, you know, to throw that word out there again, it's one of our favorite words <laughs> again, on this podcast. Yeah. But anyway, um, like I said, the whole the whole aesthetic and the whole um, vibe is all pretty similar to what you heard there. So he's got three albums of this kind of stuff. That volume two has twenty eight tracks on it. So there's a ton of stuff to listen to if you like that. So anyway, Q. What's your what's your first pick here? Yeah, so um, we covered the Mercury program back in uh, January, maybe February, uh, so early this year. Uh, and then our sidetrack was uh, a little side project from their drummer David LeBlow, um, and he goes by Textual. So it's in the same vein of that, like almost purposely using like outdated uh, synth sounds to make your music. Um, And I want to bring up this artist again because we talked about him during this sidetrack. We both love robot science. He does that kind of stuff too. Uh, We played one of his songs during that episode. Uh, So we're going to revisit that album again by textual um so again if you want to you know if you like what you hear first off listen to our episode on the mercury program that which is a little bit different they're more like math rock instrumental math rock um but that was earlier this year back in january and then uh, check out our our full sidetrack on textual um that we posted in early february uh so my favorite album of his is an album called Hindsight Glasses that came out in 2004. And if you dive in deeper and listen to more of his works, it gets more and more ambient. 
So the song we're going to play is track three on the record. It's called Dirty South Still Life. Yeah, man, uh, great, great song to follow up my uh, my lo-fi chill wave. I wouldn't put that in the same in the same vein, but it is it, it's in the same like building at least, you know. Yeah, I I think I f- I feel like the name textual as like 
his moniker for this work is perfect. Like he, he's really good about building those textures and like kind of drawing out like the buildup, you know, like it, it just keeps building on itself. And in, and for me, like when I'm listening to his music and this is for the, for that entire album, I keep waiting for the payoff. You know what I'm saying? Like with most yeah. music you, you're waiting for, especially in like, like, uh, electronic, like EDM kind of stuff. You're waiting for it to kind of go back into like a certain phrase, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. And you're just yeah. waiting for that and waiting for that. And for with, with what he does, he continues to just build and build and, and change it. Uh, and then as we faded it out, it kind of, it kind of turned into this like more ambience sound. And that's what I love about that album. Um, so again, that was, an album called Hindsight Glasses that came out in 2004 by an artist named Textual, who also happens to be the drummer for one of our favorite math rock bands, The Mercury Program. So let's move right along, dude. Real quick, we got a fucking, we got a lot of tunes, dude. Let's get right back into it. What's your next pick? So this is gonna this is gonna seem like we we planned the order of this, but we didn't. Um, Speaking of math rock, Hugh. <laughs> well, let's just say that that, that that we ordered these songs in, in when we discovered these artists. So so each song is from like early 2019 all the way down to like recently, right? Well, do you want to know why it makes sense then that, that I discovered this band when you discovered Texture? Because we're diving into the Mercury program. Yes, this exactly. Dude, and, and this is what we're all about, man. That this is why we love music, right? Right. You're always you're constantly discovering new stuff all the time. You you get into a new artist, you know, or or you dive into like a genre that you're into at the moment, and then it's it's just fucking all these rabbit holes, you know? It's just never ending. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um these guys are a Japanese math rock band from Tokyo called Toe. And when I came across this this record, man, it just blew me away. And um, I want you, Q, especially you, to pay close attention to the drumming because it is unbelievable. The drummer, his name is, and I know I'm going to butcher this, Kashikura Takashi. Ooh, that sounded great, bro. Do you like that? That sounded Dang. really good. I yeah. hope I did. I hope I did that right. <laughs> um, anyway, Let's just fucking play it, dude. This song speaks for itself. It's going to remind you a lot of um, the Mercury program and kind of that same vein. There's no xylophone, though. I will say that. But um, this album is called, and man, this has such an emo album name. (laughs) It's called The Book About My Idle Plot on a Vague Anxiety. Came out in 2005. Uh, The name of the song that we are playing it's called tremolo plus delay also dude real quick can we let's just put into context dude 2005 we were still in high school and i don't know if anyone cares but like think about that dude. yeah yeah we were juniors in high school we were a year away from graduating so yeah uh, it kind of makes sense that this group was putting on music in the in the 2000s you know in the mid 2000s because that's when third wave emo music was was all the rage, you know. And if third wave emo music doesn't make any sense to you, jump back and listen to our Jimmy World episode. Episode 11 um, that came out in May of 2018. So go back and listen to that. 
if you want to get a deep dive into the history of emo. Anyway, uh, let's just let's just play it, man. Again, the song is called Tremolo Plus Delay, and we got to play it far enough to, to hear this drum fill that blows my mind every time I hear it. So here we go. listen to the whole song dude fucking great what'd you think of that drumming dude he reminds me of david leblanc the drummer for mercury program dude aka the guy that that does textual yeah i mean like like i said dude i love that's my favorite kind of drumming man that that super technical it. shit where i'm listening to it and i'm thinking never never in my <laughs> life will i ever be able uh, to play like this I do. Yeah. yeah, I'm all about that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, what I like about math rock is that it seems like I mean every every instrument that you're hearing 
you know, it's always super complex and very complicated, but yes. the drumming always takes center stage, it seems like. Yes. That's dude. what we talked about that with Mercury Program. Yes. And that's what I love about Math Rock, man. Yes, me too, because I, uh, being a drummer, that's what I'm all yeah. about, dude. Right. And it's just, where else are you going to get to hear drumming at that level, you know, throughout the entire song, right? Yeah. Anyway. I, I love uh, it, dude. Check, check them out. They're called Toe. That record in particular. Again, the, the name is so freaking long. The book about my idle plot on a vague anxiety. Oh, came dude. out in two thousand five. So emo, bro. I know, dude. <laughs> you remember? You remember there was a phase where, like, hey, let's see how long we can make our album names. Yeah, That's well, like what? Basically. My Chemical Romance, bands like that, like or brand new remember brand yeah. new oh yeah dude deja entendu i feel like we're dating ourselves right now but that's fine yeah that's um fine. all right so uh cue to your point we gotta keep this keep this going here let's Otherwise keep this we're gonna be here all on, night dude. so q what what is what is your next pick all right my next pick is a band called the soft boys you remember when i covered them dude was that for spoon nope i don't even Radiohead? remember what like okay uh this was sandwiched between Air and uh, The Strokes. Okay. Be- you were out of town for like too fucking long. And so I had to do two sidetracks back to back by myself. And Do you want me to do it? Like, do we want to put some like like a violin underneath you saying that? I'll do it, like dude. Like a little That's tiny fine. violin. I'll, I'll put it there. Yeah, it'll be playing whatever right that, now while we're talking. Whatever that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, dude. I'll find the saddest, tiniest little violin clip and I'll play it right now. Okay. Uh, actually, dude, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I had a lot of fun doing these episodes by myself. I covered Dick Dale, Link Ray, and Dwayne Eddy for one episode, uh, and then I covered uh, the Soft Boys. I think I was teeing up for the Strokes. Um, yeah, I, I was teeing up for the Strokes episode by diving into like post punk rock and like surf guitar. Anyways, we were, yeah, I was just trying to tee us up for the Strokes while you were out of town. The Soft Boys is one of the bands that I covered. They were a uh, very short-lived post-punk neo-psychedelic band from the late 70s. And uh, I covered an album of theirs, their, their first album called A Can of Bees, which came out in uh, 1979. And I want to say that the songs that I covered actually popped up in a reissue of the album, like, which is, it's like 20 plus songs long. But um, anyways, this is just a really cool, I mean, post-punk is a great way to describe these guys because they're not, they're not like Sex Pistols or, you know, Black Flag, you know, traditional punk, if that's even a thing. I don't know if traditional punk makes any sense. But anyways, so this is. Like, legit, one of my favorite discoveries of the last decade, hands down. Not just the last year. Of the last decade, Q. Yeah, dude. Yes. I'm I'm sad that I didn't know about these guys earlier. Let's just put it that way. Um, specifically this album, because if you jump to their next full length, uh, which is called Underwater Moonlight, which came out in 1980, so just a year later... They really start to get more into like the, I don't know, Echo and the Bunnyman or like the Cure kind of post-punk sound. But Can of Bees is more punk. Um, yeah. I, let's just fucking play a tune from it, dude. Yeah, man. Let it speak for itself. Yeah. Let's, yeah. This is a song uh, that appears on 
a reissue. No, I'm sorry. Nope. This this one shows up on the original. It's actually a live recording, which is awesome. Uh, this song is called School Dinner Blues. <laughs> So, um, like the verse and, and the chorus followed more of like a like that standard kind of blues structure, you know. Oh, it's it's classic blues. I mean, the the song is called yeah. "School Dinner Blues," but that's what I love about it, dude. I mean, like they they were they were doing a lot of. I mean, you think about it. This was 1979, you know, probably edging towards 1980, and these guys were pulling from the you know what was considered classic rock in the 80s, you know, blues. Stuff like that. That's what I love about this album. It's it's chock full of that kind of stuff. If you remember the song that I covered on that episode was called The Asking Tree, which is like this super like gritty, dark blue song. That's what I love about this album. It's just it's just chock full of that stuff. They cover a John Lennon song, one of my favorites of his, called Cold Turkey on this album. Um, so yeah, dude, that was, that was the soft boys. Uh, this is an album called the can of bees that came out in 1979. Easily one of my favorite record, the uh, discoveries of the last 10 years, dude, easily. So let's move right along, bro. What you got for us? All right, Q. So my, most of my picks are sort of following the episode schedule of the last year. So this band uh, is a shoegaze band. So we had a little shoegaze stint um, on No Filler back in um, 
That wasn't that long ago, dude. We covered um, back in September. My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, it was My Bloody Valentine. And then we did a sidetrack episode on Cock and Swan. And I think we had, before that, we had talked about um, Slow Dive. So, yes. Yeah. We So, anyway, that kind of got me in that mindset. And I was, I was looking for other shoegaze bands and trying to find newer shoegaze bands. And this is one of those uh, more contemporary. Uh, you know, sometimes called dream pop, um, but shoegaze dream pop acts of the last decade. And they are called Pink Shiny Ultra Blast. They named their band after an album by another shoegaze band called Astro Bright, uh, which came out in 2002 called Pink Shiny Ultra Blast. So anyway, um, this album has been sort of a heavy rotation for me over the last few months, ever since I discovered them. But it's called Everything Else Matters, and it came out in 2015. These guys are actually from Russia, which is kind of interesting to me because they're not really known for their shoegaze. Q, you're familiar with The Guardian, right? It's this UK publication. Yes. Uh, So Pink Shiny Ultra Blast was named their new band of the week back in November of 2014. Okay. And there's this little article that they wrote up about them talking about how it had been a good year for shoegaze. Because, you know, Slow Dive came out with that, mm. that that comeback album. Yes, I love that album so much. There you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's just check it out. This song is great. I fucking love it. I love her voice. Um, I can't even find a Wikipedia page for this group, so there's not much about them. But anyway, let's just listen to it. This song is called Land's End. Oh, dude, I love that catalog.
dude, what a like beautiful nod to like the dream pop shoegaze bands of yore, you know? It's like it's like yeah, yeah, I mean, a that's perfect the whole point. Yeah, it, it's beautiful, dude. It reminds me a lot of 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 uh Slow Dive's comeback, man, like you were talking about. I feel like Q I can credit you to to sort of turning me on to shoegaze more so than my like you know surface level understanding of what it was you know yeah i think i think the thing that that still kind of not blows my mind but gets me every time is the fact that dream pop is shoegaze yeah. you know oh me too because dude. i love dream pop which means i love shoegaze and i've always loved shoegaze it, you know yeah I mean? it, it is weird that that those two uh terms are synonymous like it just proves that if you follow it back long enough like journal like music journalists at the time were using those two terms interchangeably for the same sound that blows my mind but what's interesting to me is how one or the other term seems to get assigned to a band you know what i mean right like there was a ton of dream pop there's like a dream pop resurgence back in the 2010s you yeah, know, like Beach House, bands. Uh, yeah, Beach Twin House. Sister, all those, all those beachy themed bands, <laughs> right? But, but you, you, um, I, I wouldn't call them shoegaze. No, but I if you go back far pop. enough, like you can find bands that are in that vein that were considered shoegaze. You know, right? But yeah. I guess the point, the point being is like I, I would call this group, Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, shoegaze. Me too. They yeah, are it's, more. It's the droney, her, her vocals uh, are very dream poppy. Yeah. <laughs> See, here we go. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I, but I would like I said, like like you said, they are definitely nodding to the shoegaze bands from the nineties yeah. more so than anything. Yeah, which is what I love about it. Good anyway. stuff, dude. I, yeah, I, I've been meaning to to dive deeper in, into that band for sure. The whole track, the whole album's good, man. So awesome. Let's cue it up. All right, Keith. Before we hear your next pick. Let's take a let's take a quick break. And we're back. All right, Q, what do you got? So, uh, I'm gonna play a song from Frankie Broyles, who is Oh uh, man. I know, dude. The lead singer of the now defunct band Balkans, which for us very special one of our, place in one our, of our hearts, dude. Favorite bands from the decade, man. Yes, because... Hands down. Yep, easily. They are, are one of the first... To, to me, I will always remember them as the first true, like, underground, quote-unquote, indie band that we covered on our music blog, New Dust. Uh, I remember getting an email from... I don't remember if it was a PR dude or like one of the members of the band. It was the first band that we, like you are kind of saying, approached us with their music. Yeah, yeah, and 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 asked us to to talk about them, and we we just loved them so much, you know. Yeah, dude, and like they, 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 that they album are, has stayed with me ever since. Same, yeah. This uh, Balkans is like the best example of a punk band that took what the Strokes did. And ran with mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and they Absolutely. were like the next generation of that kind of punk rock. Yeah, what that garage like, rock sound. Yeah, and what I like about what Frankie Broyles did a few years later, um, well, a handful of years later, this album that I'm going to play a, a, a song from is from 2017. You know, he kind of 
softened it up a little bit. Like Balkans is pretty in your face, you know, as far as that style of post-punk rock, kind of like what mm-hmm. the Strokes were known for early on. You know, when you listen to his solo stuff, it's it's a little bit dialed back. Um, this is going to be the only song on this episode that you may recognize because this is hands down my favorite song from the record. I played it earlier in the year uh, when we covered Balkans. It was a little sidetrack that we did. Uh, This was following our Strokes episode back in May of this year. Uh, But I'm going to play it again anyways, just because I love this song so much. So this is a song from Frankie Broyles' uh, solo album from 2017 called Slow Return. This song is called L. Bright. just reminds me of a little bit of Julian Casablanca's of the Strokes, but hearing that song again, it made me think of the lead singer from The Walkman. His name is Hamilton, and I'm not going to pronounce this right. That's fine. But that's what we that's Hamilton, what we did dude. Right his name's Hamilton. Ham, yeah, his name is Hamilton. What more do you need to know? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. you know, which was another great, you know, post-punk revival band from that from that era. So, yeah. uh, it's interesting to, to, to hear what what I love about it is, it's so unmistakably Frankie, right? Yeah, and that's what I love about it is that the Balkans came out with that record, and then nothing. They didn't do anything. They pretty much stopped after that, right? Yeah, I mean, they must have so, been like in late teens, or something. early twenties when they were. Yeah, when they were in the Balkans, yeah, they were probably like the the you know the band on campus that people would see at house shows. Right. Stuff, like the best know? house show in town. Kind of. Yeah, thing. exactly. Best house show anyway, on campus. Yeah, exactly. So 
it's just great to hear him putting music out again, you know? Well, it's great. Is, and he's what's, still what's doing cool the same about, thing. About what Frankie was doing and maybe still doing. I mean, you think about Balkans, the stuff that he was writing in that band was post the strokes. And now you listen to something that he, he released in 2017, just a couple of years ago. And it's, it's just still right there in that, like, era of like the, you were saying the walkman the strokes uh long wave like early 2000s like it's really yeah. cool that he he is stuck in that sound and i'm not saying that in a bad way like it, it's it's cool to hear that sound continue on you know with with people of the next generation man dude we didn't plan this <laughs> but this plays perfectly into my next band oh hell um, yeah dude i'm so excited speaking to hear of, a song from these guys dude i love the man yeah so man. talk about favorite discoveries of the last decade i just happened to discover these guys this year the last year of the not decade that, not that long ago either dude a couple now, months back um yeah this was yeah this band is gonna sound familiar to listeners of no filler uh, because I covered them as my my what you heard on the ride the lightning episode, uh, which came out in October. So anyway, speaking of new bands um, making music from a different era, this album is a grunge record, um, and that's what I, I like to describe it as as just a grunge record, not like a grunge homage or like a. Oh, it sounds like grunge. Like it is a grunge record. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes I, I try to be careful with that because a lot of times everybody's heard my rant about bands that that seem like they're doing it to be gimmicky or, you know. Gimmicky is not the right word, band- but it, it, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. dude. You're not a where fan of bands where it seems like they're just riding the gravy train. Like, oh, this, this well, sound has worked yeah. in the past. Let's just fucking completely copy... Like copy paste, right. what other bands before us have done, and not do anything right. new. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I know what you're exactly. saying. I don't. I can't say with 100 percent certainty that that's not what this band is doing. But there's just something about it that sounds super, like authentic and genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, um, dude. I, so... I, I get it too. I've I've listened to this album yeah. all the way through now, and yeah, dude, it's 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 it's, it's new. It's new and fresh. It is Somehow basically it's like new and fresh. If I stumbled upon this record in like the bargain bin at a CD warehouse or something like that, I would be like, I'd be convinced, dude, this is a kick-ass fucking '90s grunge band. Like, who are these guys? They must have, you know, I guess they put out a record and nothing ever happened to them back in the '90s when they put this out. Because there's no way that this could have come out in 2016. Dude, right down to the album cover. I mean, exactly. Know. And we talked about this. I think we talked about it. To me, when I see that. It's the same color palette as the Smashing Pumpkins, it, Siamese Dream re-release. I, I'm, I started to rush myself because I'm realizing that we haven't even mentioned the band yet. This group is called Narrowhead. They're from Houston, I believe. They're from a Texas city close to me. So that's exciting. Um, anyway, this record is called Satisfaction. On the Metallica episode, I played... My favorite track on the album, which is called Feels Like Sand. I wanted to play a different song uh, just to get another more exposure to the record. This song is called Uncover.
man, they they would have killed it in the nineties, dude. But that's the funny thing. It's like, would they have made this music in the nineties? Maybe not, because all of the influence that they that goes into this record yeah. are bands that probably hadn't come out yet, dude. And that kind you of know, reminds me of existed back in the nineties. Uh, you know, one of your one of your favorite metal bands of the last decade, Chemis. Chemist, yeah. Who just exactly. pull, who it's, pulls it's, from yeah. all the all the metal that came before them. And dude, that's what we preach. On this I know. That's what that's podcast, what we love man. about music is that yeah. bands like this, these guys are super young. Uh, I'm reading an uh, interview uh back in twenty fourteen, granted. Um, but it was Dallas Observer actually um interviewed the lead singer Ryan Hughes, um, just asking him about his influences and stuff. And he says it, what's funny is he actually talks about shoegaze. Um, he says, I learned a lot about those bands through hardcore. And he's talking about My Bloody Valentine and Failure and Ride. He said, before I got into hardcore, I guess he means hardcore punk, which it's kind of hard to, to track this. But anyway, he says, I was listening to stuff like Nirvana and stuff my dad was playing for me like Rush. So by the time I got to Narrow Head... The sounds of our influences weren't necessarily new to me, but I had a better lens to examine them with because of hardcore. Duarte's introduction to Narrowhead's influence also came through his father. Ah, so he goes on. To, the article goes on to say that the um, the other vocalist, Jacob Duarte, uh, wait, yeah, I guess there's two vocalists, two guitar players. Jacob Duarte says that his dad was in a 90s emo band. So that's where his influence mm, came from. Yeah. Which is dope, dude. Anyway, um, they're kind of saying it right here. They're, they're hitting it on the head. He's talking about how he used to listen to bands like Nirvana, and then he was introduced to more hardcore punk bands, which came before, you know, that came before grunge. And he was able to sort of examine the grunge movement through a different lens now that he knew about what came before it. You know what I mean? That's... Yeah, that's huge, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what you know. When you listen to bands, even like you know, when you listen to this record, you hear a lot of Smashing Pumpkins in it. You hear a lot of, you hear some Nirvana in it, but you hear a lot of you hear a lot of those those you know, iconic bands from the '90s. But when you listen to early early Smashing Pumpkins, or at least when I listen to it, I hear some shoegaze in there. So it's all it's all fucking wrapped together in the in a fucking tamale, you know. <laughs> Or an enchilada. No, yeah. One you know of what? Those. I appreciate that you used tamale or enchilada because these dudes are from Texas. And man, let me tell you, I, I yeah. miss that Tex-Mex, man. Loving up here. It's hard to come by. Dude, I just, I just fucking door dashed myself a bag of tacos, my friend. From where? That's what I ate before this rec- for this episode. From where, dude? <laughs> Torchy's Tacos, man. <laughs> oh. Which is Austin, Texas. Oh, my heart, native. dude. Let me tell you, dude, I miss They got the torches. best queso in the biz, man. I, do you get their elotes corn? Because if you don't. Uh, yeah, I have. I have. I have had it's, that. It's off the cob, tonight. but fuck, it's so good, dude. God <laughs> I thought you were about to say, uh, I thought you just coined a new term instead what? of off the chain. Oh, off the like, cob. It's fucking off the cob, dude. <laughs> Next time uh, something is badass, man. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say, dude, this that, is fucking off the cob. Is off the cob, dog. All right, uh, <laughs> let's move along, bro. All right, we got we got a couple got, more songs. What each. three three more tracks? Or you got yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, one, and then you. Yeah, got we one. got three more tracks. Three more tracks. Okay, we're coming under the home stretch here. <sighs> okay, so you know I'm a big fan of the vinyl subreddit. 
I'm a big fan of that community. It's like-minded vinyl junkies. And someone was talking about this album by Al Green that they, they found a great copy of. It's called Green is Blues. It was his second ever full-length album. came out in 1969. So I, I started playing some tunes from this album, and I got to a song called Get Back, and I realized almost immediately that it's obviously a cover of the Beatles song, Get Back. So when I heard this, it blew my mind because like, hang on a second, 1969, that had to be around the same time that Let It Be came out, which is where Get Back shows up on. I look into it because I, I was like, you know, who did it first? You know, is the Beatles covering Al Green or is Al Green covering the Beatles? So Let It Be came out in 1970, uh, but the Beatles wrote Get Back and released this song as a single back in April of 1969. So a year before Let It Be came out. And, you know, Paul McCartney wrote it. So clearly Al Green was covering Paul McCartney. The cool thing about it is Al Green was such a Beatles fan that he heard the single of Get Back before it was released on Let It Be. You know what I'm saying? So like... Hmm. For Al Green being such a huge name in, like, the R&B, you know, soul music, you know, he's, like, a legend. Uh, He's got songs like Let's Stay Together, Tired of Being Alone, Take Me to the River. The fact that he loved this McCartney song so much that he released it on his second ever full-length album just, you know, just made me happy, dude. You know, something I'll never forget. When I heard it, it just blew my mind. So, here is Al Green's cover of the Beatles get back
That's how you cover a Beatles song, dude. Yeah, man. I was oh. gonna say I love the spins that he put on Woo. it. Love it, and, dude. In the horn yeah, section, great, fucking yeah, that's great. Golden. I gotta say, I might like that better than the Beatles version. Same, dude. Same. Which is great. I, I know, mean, that's, man. That's the goal of a cover, in yep. my opinion. Pay homage to it, but make it better. Refresh it a little, dude. Bit. And the fact that it took me until it it took me fucking you know 31 32 years of age to even know that this exists come on isn't that crazy dude isn't i that know nuts? man it seems like a very probably a well-known thing you know most people are probably like dude, yeah of course if, you I, covered if it. I was old enough i'm sure i knew that 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 was a thing right you know? anyways yeah i love that fucking shit dude uh man it, and it's great because the only reason i i press play on this Green is Blues album by Al Green is because I saw someone take a fucking picture of the album cover, you know, in front of their record player, spinning it themselves, getting into it. Anyways, uh, all right, dude, we got our final two picks. So here's another shoegaze band, Q. Although I would not classify them as shoegaze or dream pop because of how... How do I say this, Q? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use Wikipedia's term because I here's a genre I've never heard before, but it applies perfectly to these guys. Indie Tronica. Oh that's a that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but anyway, that's bad. Okay. But, they better, okay, be, but here's the point, they better be like here's the, the spitting point. image of Indie Tronica. Here's the point. So this band is called Sweet Sweet Trip. They're from San Francisco, California. Um, and they are best known for their genre-defying soundscapes, as Wikipedia says. Mm. But mostly it's their blending of alternative rock and electronic dance music. So, and that uh, that's a perfect description of them because it's, it is what you know about like indie rock, that sound. I thought from, it was alternative, dude. Why aren't they considered alt-tronica? I mean, come on, alt rock, indie rock is, is alt rock. That's in why. Some way, that's right? why indie is such a stupid, like. I know, I know. You know, throw it but all anyway, under the same umbrella. Right. It, it, everything is indie rock at this point. Yeah. But anyway, so this record is called "You Will Never Know Why." We played a song off of this record on our Chemist episode. This was my "What You Heard," um, but I have since discovered that. My favorite song on this on this record is actually a different song. We played Conservation of Two, which is track one. Um, but I'm a big fan of this one. This might be my favorite track on the record. It's called To the Moon. And uh, let's just fucking listen to it, kid.
Yeah, dude, the fact that that came out 10 years ago, like, I wouldn't think twice if you told me it came out yesterday. They're, they're right. way ahead of their time. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, but the, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, plenty of indie bands sounded like that back then, though. Well, yeah, I guess that's the, I guess, I don't know, man. Maybe that's the I mean, you think point I'm it. trying to make, like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's something it, about time, it's a timeless sound. It's a timeless sound. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's something about that, like jangly guitar. Um, mm-hmm. you know the subtle synthesizer that's thrown in there. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. That's something we we definitely tapped into this sound and just kind of never looked back. You know, over the last ten you years. You, yeah. you and I, but like, well, indie rock, indie rock, uh, yeah. Indie, we, indie rock is 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 that the jangly guitar that you talked about? Yeah, totally. Is definitely a staple of that two thousand, the two thousand, and maybe if you're decade. not like mid twenties to mid thirties, you could care less about this sound, you know. But I, I will always have a special place in my heart for this kind of music. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, Indie Tronica. Oh, I mean, I'm never going to say that I'll term again. It, I fucking hate yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. But it it works. I mean, totally. and you know, what's great about this record or this this band, it's mostly, I mean, you heard that there's two vocalists, right? Um, but mostly the the band itself is sort of known as like it's the the it's the music of this guy Robert Roberto Burgos. He's the main guy behind the band and then he's got this female vocalist named Valerie Rays that sort of adds to that. She she kind of gets the dream pop vocal vibe into the mix, you know what I mean? And I think maybe that's why they get that label thrown onto them, uh, because of her vocals. But you know what, what I was reminded of, Q? And we got to talk about this band at some point. Okay. Why Does Boy Alive? Ooh. I feel like the guitar and, and the way that they were doing the music was very similar to the way that Erland Oya approaches what he did with that group yeah why does boy live and we'll have to talk about that group at some point because i those two records that they put out are two of my favorite records yeah dude i say we, i say when, when we cover it we we do them both at the same time man we just play songs I'm down with both that. albums yeah i mean they're essentially one it's essentially one long album in my mind you know yeah dude all right Cute. Bring us, bring us home with the last, the last song here. What do you got? All right, dude. Well, I'm gonna take a gamble here because when I heard that, you know, dual male, male female vocals uh, mm-hmm. from that band, I was reminded of a band called the Sound Carriers, which I've. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, dude. Uh, and the the reason I they're fresh in my mind is because I was down in Portland a couple weeks ago. And I was posted up at this really, really cool bar. And they had a, a record player set up in the bar. And the, it was a super slow night. The, D, the, uh, the bartender was spinning his own tunes, you know. He would go over there mm-hmm. every now and then and flip the record. He was, he was flipping through the records himself, picking out tunes. Um, and he played this album called Celeste that came out in 2010 from the Sound Carriers. And I was just going to play track one because I figured, you know what, this is probably, you know, sparked my attention right when he dropped the needle. But the first track on the album is a single, so I can't do it. I'm just going to jump to track two. This is a song called Step Outside.
A lot of great a lot of great movements in that and and changes and all sorts of great stuff the thing about the song carriers any album that you listen from them they just they just tapped into that like 60s pop rock you know but they do yeah. it in such a fresh way um yeah. and so i just looked it up dude because i, I want to give this this bar a shout out because seriously if you live in portland check this place out it's a really really great bar really good vibes it's called blank slate um anyways dude yeah i i anytime i'm in portland i'm definitely gonna go back there uh good vibes good tunes that song again is called step outside from the sound carriers from their album celeste from 2010 good stuff dude i feel like this this uh collection here this list of songs that we've talked about they're all sort of nodding back to something else, you know. At least a lot of them were. Yeah. I don't know if that's just what we happen to be listening I mean, to this yeah, year. What is, but what does that lots mean? Lots of shoegaze sounds. Lots of uh, there's the grunge. There's the nostalgia from the vaporwave. I, I feel like this is just like the result of us starting this podcast, dude. You know, because we'll get into an artist from a certain decade and just kind of surround ourselves with with similar kind of music and a lot of times that ends up being a contemporary artist that nods back to that sound and yeah you know that's like we say all the time and for me this is my favorite thing about music is how it's constantly evolving but it always draws back from the past you know and yeah it's very rare that a band is so innovative that they're that you've nobody's ever heard anything like it you know there's just not that many artists like that um, so in the meantime, most of them are, are looking back, like you said, but it's taking it and improving upon it or twisting it in a certain way or adding to it in a certain way. And it just becomes, yeah, no. And I feel like a lot of, yeah, like, I feel like the trend in Hollywood is to do remakes, you know? Yeah. But I sure. don't feel like it's the same thing when it comes to music. It's not like, oh. I, you know, I guess music just doesn't have anything new to share. You know, it's like a, it's a totally different thing when it comes to music where it's not like, you know, where the fuck, where, where did all the, the fresh new ideas, where do they all go? You know, it seems like it's all just, you know, harking back to the music from, you know, a decade ago, two decades ago. I never feel it's like well, I, I mean, never feel it. like it's, it's always it's, it's always been that way. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the, the big difference. You think about British, you know, the British invasion type stuff. Yeah, it was blues standards and stuff. The Beatles were doing blues standards, and right? Stuff, you know, rock and roll came came from blues. I mean, this is how it's always been. Yeah, but I agree with you that it's not the same to say 
it's not in the same way that movies just remake movies stories you know how many times are we gonna see the lion king fucking story right and we were just talking Aladdin. before before we started recording like there's gonna be a live action milan and which i'm fucking pumped about I'm pumped, the trailer I'm looks about, great i'm pumped about it too the big studios right now know that the safe bet is to just rehash that story that you loved from yeah. ten, that movie that you saw 10 years ago right. and people like us will come and see it because yeah. we are nostalgic about stuff from our past, you know. I guess the difference being that we just talked about it's major movie studios, which is the equivalent of a major record label that's doing it because they know it's a safe bet for the, the bottom line or whatever, versus these unsigned indie bands that, that aren't on a major record label are doing it because that's like the music language that they speak or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Totally, it's what they were. It's what they grew up on. It's what they, their parents listened to, and it's that's what they, it's what they know, you know. And they're putting their spin on it. Yeah. And I fucking love it, man. I love it. I love hearing a a, a brand new band of young twenty somethings putting out a grunge record. I love it, man. I want to hear more of it because I miss grunge music. I wish we had more of it. So there you go. We yeah, do have more. Of it. It's it's great that that you know dudes that are 10 years younger than us can get inspired by grunge music from the early nineties and write a whole new record based on that style of music and, you know, deliver something fresh for us oldies to get into. Exactly. And that's, that's how I felt when I listened to this record, man. I was like, yeah, this is it. We're fucking doing it again. Yeah. Let's go. Let's Let's bring it back. It's time. Let's, let's do it. Let's have another uh, grunge wave. Totally. It's not going to happen, but at least we can get hopeful about it. Yeah. And point to bands like Narrowhead and say, here we go. They did it. Now we just need another band to do it. Same with Chemist, right? Bands like that. Right. Like, sure. Let's, let's hear what the next generation has to offer for us in this style of music. It's never ending, dude. Exactly. All right, dude. So we got to wrap it up, man. This is a lengthy episode, but song heavy. You know what? Uh, scan through any part of this episode and you're probably going to land on a song, you know? Hopefully, we didn't bore you too much with, with our droning on about about our love for these these albums and these artists and these songs. Um, I mean, if you're bored by it, there's a lot more coming. The next two episodes are going to be just <laughs> like this. Yeah. Um, but this is what this is what I love this doing. This is just a way for us to, sh- to share tunes with you all. That's really what this is all about for us man is just playing music with the masses you know and this is the best way for i just us to need do an it. outlet i need an outlet to yeah. share music that i listen yeah to. i don't even care That's if, what I, it if I to. if i never hear from any of you ever i don't care but you know what q we might be hearing from him soon because i'm gonna i'm gonna put up a twitter account yes. and by that i mean i'm going to actively use I'm going to start using our active Twitter account. Yes, because it's kind of funny. I can't. I can't say that we don't have a Twitter account because we do. But, but you've, we've um, been avoiding mentioning it because we don't really use we're, it. We're not active on it. And we're hey, not active on yeah, it. it's great, dude. I'm glad that you are putting on record. I'm committed. To our it. goal yes. for 2020 is to get socially connected. You know, it's about yes, time. Yes, to to, been to have it. a social presence of some kind. Yeah, you know, because. Any 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 presence on there is better than zero, which is what it is right now. So yeah. that's my goal for for 2020. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping we can get a little help from 
all of our friends on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Um, oh, tell us about that, Q. Okay, I guess I will. Say more about oh, that. All right. Um, yeah, so we're part of the Pantheon Podcast Music Network, um, where you can find a ton of really awesome music podcasts where they nerd out more so than us probably uh with music you know really in-depth stuff for you know if you're a music nerd like us hop onto our network you can go to our, our website pantheonpodcasts.com you can even just search those keywords into spotify or you know apple podcasts Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find our network there. You know, somebody said that it was somebody said that it's like it's like the MTV of of podcast networks. Yeah, which I thought was an interesting way. Uh, let's just put it this way: MTV back when MTV actually played music. Back you know when MTV mean? was now music it's just television, reality TV. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But the the point being that it's like a it's like a channel, if you will, of music podcast um, content. So, yeah. like you said. If you pull up the Pantheon podcast feed on Spotify or anywhere else that you get your podcast from and hit play, you're going to hear an episode from one of our podcasts, and then you're going to hear an, an episode from a, a different podcast. So just push play and, and 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 just see what happens. You know, There's a ton of great content on there from people who are a thousand times more knowledgeable about music than we are. Uh, down to people that are super niche and only talk about one band on their podcast. So there's tons of great stuff out there. Uh, we're just happy to be a part of the network. And um, yeah, and you can also go to our website, nofillerpodcast.com, if you want to dive a little bit deeper uh, into each of our episodes with our show notes where we uh, link to all of our sources. You know, So if there's something that we talked about uh, regarding a certain album or you know a, a certain like recording session that we bring up chances are you can find the articles where we where we get that information from you know if you want to dive a little bit deeper yeah just hop under our website nofillerpodcast.com all right man all right i'm tired of my voice is getting hoarse dude i'm feeling it i'm feeling it dude do you want me to, uh, do we need to get the violin out again dude i guess we'll yeah fine we'll play it again <laughs> man you know, I think of My that heart. fucking opening scene in Five Goes West. Isn't there like a really sad oh, violin? Well, if there is, that's probably going to be our outro because I got nothing <laughs> to outro us out for this episode. Uh, so maybe we'll just play some Five violin. You know, that counts. Nah, as, that counts nah, as that nah, counts nah. as music. That'd be weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> so next week we're gonna do our top ten from this year. So today was more about sort of open-ended artists or songs that we discovered this year, but next week will be brand new songs that came out this year uh, that we fell in love with. So again, it's going to be five from me, five from Quentin, and that'll be another good time. Nothing but tunes coming your way next week. And uh, that's, that'll do it, man. Like you said, it's a long episode, so let's wrap it up. My name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Talk to you guys next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 